Hello, hello, and welcome to Reality Hacker. This is a time machine episode, so I'm going to have to rip through this. Otherwise, I'll get lost forever in time. I am Marwat. I run OhmTown.com, and it's what powers the OhmTown Daily News Show, Reality Hacker, and the Continuity Report. And we're going to launch two more here in probably the next month. Uh, everything will be up and running two more weekend shows. So we'll have over three hours each day on Saturday and Sunday, but still hometown daily news show will be the uh, eight o'clock show Monday through Friday. That said, I am in the time machine and we're talking about the week that ended uh, 2 three, 2024. It's season one, episode five of reality hacker. Thanks for sticking through that intro. Uh, <laughs> it has been a crazy week for the mayor. Um, I actually ended up uh, leaving Ohm Town, which is actually a pretty tough order uh, physics wise, and uh, ended up in New Orleans for a brief moment. Uh, well, had a good time, saw Mardi Gras, um, but it was work. And so now I am back in the office and trying to play catch up. The mayoral mansion needs to be organized and uh, everything caught up. So what we've done is add a day um, or I should say an episode to each one of our days. And now they're all over on YouTube. Uh, they'll all be pushed over to the podcast and Reality Hacker will have five episodes uh, launched this weekend as a new podcast under the hometown umbrella and the continuity report will also have five new episodes posted um, as a podcast so just do a search for either hometown and it'll pull them all up or uh, pull up individual things reality hacker hometown daily news show and the continuity report not everybody wants the holistic hometown daily news show. So that's why we're breaking up each one of the uh, channels. It was the intent from the inception of hometown.com to have 50 channels, 50 shows, one hour estimated one hour um, for each show. And if you're interested in hosting or co-hosting, get in touch with the mayor, just send an email to mayor at hometown.com. That said, what are we going to talk about today? This might end shorted out. Send in the voice clones, open bionics, quest three light color pass through, a filing about Vision Pro eyesight with a website that's really wonky, at least for me. Um, spatial computing 2024 GPTs for chat GPT. Vision Pro does not excite. Explore the enterprise and AR skateboarding from Niantic. Um, I don't have a new intro or anything like that, but let's do hometowns. Yep. Reality Hackers brought to you by hometown.com. I am the mayor. So of course it's being brought to you by hometown. So what are the new articles that we're talking about over this last week? Uh, the very first one is about Elon Musk says a human patient has received Neuralink's brain implant. This is this little uh, human to computer interface 
says details are scarce, but Neuralink co-founder Elon Musk says initial results are promising, even though all of their test subjects that were monkeys died. Um, the details are scarce. The article comes from wired.com and uh, it says Musk has said that Neuralink's ultimate goal is to achieve a symbiosis with artificial intelligence, but for now he's starting with a far more modest aim, allowing paralyzed people to control a cursor or keyboard with their brains. In a brochure about the study, Neuralink says it's recruiting participants with quadriplegia or paralysis in all four limbs due to cervical spine cord injury or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis or ALS, and that at least are 22 years old. It anticipates the study will take six years to complete. Um, I wish them all the best of luck. Um, Medical research tends to um, leave the people on the other side of the research project um, unsupported. So I hope that Musk and um, his enterprise, his Neuralink enterprise, does not do that. because what happens is the technology evolves based on the research. And so it um, essentially um, isolates the person with the older model of technology unless it can be extracted without harm. That is rarely the case, um, particularly in some of the experiments that I've uh, seen the results of, but not taken part in. I have a problem with medical research, but um, it isn't a a problem with it in and of itself it's that i think that it should be maintained a support system in place in perpetuity for the people who become subjects of research to some degree it does not take place so neuralink patient so far or the neuralink neuralink patient so far from the first is the first let me rephrase all of this the neuralink patient is far from the first to get a bci Um, this is a brain computer interface. Um, a few dozen people around the world have been outfitted with the devices as part of research studies. The first Matt Nagel did so in 2004 over the years, the systems have allowed paralyzed people to play video games, move robotic arms, write emails, just using just their thoughts. But until recently, BCIs were largely pursued by academic labs. They required clunky setups using thick cables. They made them impractical to use at home. Neuralink system is designed to be wireless, records neural activity through more than a thousand electrodes distributed across 64 threads, each thinner than a human hair. The most common device used in BCI, the Utah array records that from 100 electrodes. So this one is a thousand or 10 times more powerful than that. And that's just the linear aspect of it, not the total amount of bandwidth that can be acquired through this. The company has also been beset by controversy, in particular, the treatment of research animals. This was a wired investigation in September that detailed how all of the monkeys died as a result of the implant testing. Um, This is pretty typical in a lot of research. The subject matter uh, passes away, uh, particularly if they're animals. I guess the the I guess the ethics of it allows you to do pretty much nearly whatever you want um, because it isn't a human that's going to be deleted. Uh, Neuralink has not specified where the trial is taking place or how many patients will be included. The company has set up a patient registry for potential participants to learn whether they qualify for the study. So you can go follow this link. There's more in the article, but essentially Neuralink is this implant that allows people to interact brain computer interface. 
when they talk about BCI in this article, that's what they're talking about. Um, and when they're talking about many patients have dot, 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 they're not speaking of Neuralink specifically. They're speaking about just generally uh, brain, human to computer, brain to computer interfaces have been around for a short period of time. Um, but they're very invasive and they typically don't have the ability to be pulled back out of the person. It's almost unfair treatment, um, inhumane. Uh, but anyway, let's keep on going. The next article is over in technology today. Should we fear an attack of the voice clones? These deep fakes that people are talking about where you can't tell one from another. It's been around for a lot longer than what you are witnessing now. It's just much more sophisticated. Um, more than 15 years ago, uh, I myself uh, worked with um, fellow students and it was actually longer than 15 years ago. That's just a generalization. I feel old saying it out loud. Um, but uh, we worked to use Python and a recording of voices so that we could make anybody say anything. And it was creepily, very creepily uh, powerful. Nowadays, it's so much more sophisticated and we didn't use AI to power this. We broke uh, audio files into specific phonemes that matched what would be said, little elements of sound. Um, and then that got translated um, using Python into actual spoken word word with a little bit of puppetry, puppetry, digital puppetry. I could have me say anything, including things that would be the antithesis of my character. So should we fear an attack of the voice clones? Potentially. Audio deepfakes are easier to make, hard to detect and getting more convincing, experts say. The articles over at BBC, Chris Valance is the author. Um, I'm not sure why they have a president of the real President Biden making a phone call, probably because there were uh, fake calls, robocalls that sounded like the president. And if they're uh, if they can't be discerned as being fake and it doesn't disclose it, the go to might be for somebody to say that they are right. The person that if you're trying to do something less than ethical, then yeah, um, you would probably do exactly that. You just play the video, play the audio, and it would trick people into believing what they want to believe. So they set up a call, which went like this. Hey, Chris, this is Rafe Pilling from SecureWorks. I'm returning your call about a potential interview. How's it going? They said that they, that it was going well, great to hear etc. But this was not the real Mr. Pilling. It was a demonstration laid on by SecureWorks of an AI system capable of calling them and responding to their reactions. And it also had a stab at imitating Mr. Pilling's voice. So, um, yeah, I think that we do have to worry about this because the unethical actor is going to have to get chased down and it's time consuming and expensive. Um, but I think that anything that says that if you can infer from the interaction that they are trying to be someone they're not, and they don't say that it's a robocall, I think that it should be treated as fraud um, and not charged as a civil offense, but criminal um, because it's actually, it's worse than that. It's as, as a society, you won't be able to trust phone calls. Um, yeah, I don't anyway. So, <laughs> 
um, this this whole thing um, just screams potential fraud. U.S. India do this year. There are also interesting. I'm talking bad about deep fake voices and voice mod just disconnected. I guess I shouldn't. <laughs> I, I shouldn't taunt um, voice mod. Um, one second, I'm sorry. I have to send a message to the future. Okay, so senior British politicians have been subject to audio deepfakes, as have politicians in other nations, including Slovakia, Argentina. The National Cybersecurity Center has explicitly warned of threats of AI deepfakes um, and what they pose to the UK election. Yeah, uh, I I certainly believe I certainly believe that this is going to actually um, be more prevalent as time goes on, and the the technology becomes easier to deploy. Let's keep going. Uh, the next article, and all of this, by the way, all of these articles that I talk about are going to be in the show notes and um, in the podcast show notes as well. So over on YouTube, the show notes are there. Over on Twitch when you listen to or watch the VOD, it's only around for 60 days. It's one of the most frustrating points of uh, being a streamer on Twitch, but hey, it's temporal there, but it's semi-permanent on YouTube and my podcast. So you can follow the links. The links are always there and they'll be at hometown.com. When you click the link in the show note, it takes you to hometown.com. And from there, you see the little snippet, just like I do. Open Bionics, new 3D printed fingers adopted for the first time. Commercial launch coming soon. UK-based robotics company Open Bionics has announced that its 3D printed finger device has been adopted for the first time by a hand amputee in London. The new 3D printed prosthesis called the Hero Gauntlet has made, uh, was made for a 50-year-old Londoner, Suleiman Chohan, using Open Bionics 3D scanning and additive manufacturing technology. So, um, <clears throat> hopefully, like all bionics or uh, augmentations or prosthetics uh, they are adapted to the person um, and it says here that the gauntlet is customized to individual user needs and enables people with congenital and acquired partial hand limb di uh, differences to regain hand functionality finger movement on the hero gauntlet can be easily controlled by uh, wrist flexing actions but this would be done away with with microservers and um Either a combination of AI and computing or just plain computing and nerve stimulation at some point. Maybe even that Neuralink adapter would allow for uh, thought-based uh, autonomic um, processing. And when I say autonomic, I mean, you don't think about closing your hand. You just close your hand. That's where bionics really should be headed and is headed it's just that we haven't gotten there yet um so since receiving his 3d printed hero gauntlet chohan has regained the ability to perform a range of two-handed activities these include using his phone mountain biking food preparation shopping and vr gaming spectacular um i guess there's no risk of cutting their fingers off if they've got a 3d printed hand it's going to be a much more robust 
So we designed the product in collaboration with users via lab testing, weekly diaries and clinical uh, visits, uh, explains Heli Muter, a mechanical engineer at Open Bionics. We were really excited. This is a, these are quotes. Uh, we were really excited to see how uh, uh, intuitive our users found the active operation mechanism, which meant that uh, even the early prototype versions were able to open up new experiences for our users. So I really, I, I don't like the idea of the mechanical process to do it, um, but it is the state of the art without putting people into a perpetual debt because a more sophisticated um, prosthetic would be, you know, $250,000 or more, depending on what the, the tech is that's involved. So follow the link through hometown. You'll be able to check it all out. Uh, the next article is over in reality hacker. Again, uh, why the author suspects the quest three light will support color pass through mixed reality. So mixed reality is a headline feature of the quest three meta markets quest three as the first mainstream mixed reality headset. Despite this, most of the quest store remains VR only mixed reality allows for the pass through of whatever is in the real world into your VR type environment. Sometimes it's referred to as augmented reality. Um, I prefer a clear delineation between the two others say mixed reality. Some apps offer pass-through of an optional background instead of a virtual environment, but few developers offer full mixed reality content that truly integrates with the geometry of your real environment. Um, and that's that whole mixed reality segment. The problem with mixed reality is the stuff that you plop into the real world, virtually into the real world kind of wanders off because it's not, the GPS starts to move um, and thus the various items that you plop down somewhere move. It's very frustrating. So I've never really done anything, um, like that. My augmentation stuff that I've appreciated so far has been, um, something that's just in my field of view. And as I'm walking, it remains in my field of view and it doesn't get left behind me, hoping that the GPS data point won't shift somewhere else. Um, you know, like a, you know, you could plant something on a beach and the next day it's, you know, a mile down the beach. And that's because erosion has just pushed stuff away. And that's kind of how GPS works. As you do your thing, it kind of loses its way and wanders off somewhere. Then <laughs> you stumble across it later. Oh, I, I put you there. So um, the author is David Henney over at uploadvr.com. Um, mixed reality is a headline feature of the quest three. So they're talking about it, um, as if they say uh, why I believe it's going to have color pass through, but it is a, that's part of the process. That's what they want. A leaked meta roadmap last year revealed meta plan to release a new headset after the quest three in 2024 at most, uh, at the most attractive price point in the VR consumer market, a project called Ventura. Um, and then they report about a bunch of others uh, reporting about it. So supporting the idea that the Quest 3 Lite must include mixed reality last week, a meta engineering director seemed to directly hint at all the future Quest headsets supporting mixed reality. 
which if it has pass through, if it has cameras for detecting the environment around you, then it's going to have pass through. It's just part and parcel to the, the technology nowadays. While the dual, dual four megapixel color cameras on the Quest 3 may have some special properties such as global shutter, it's unlikely that they'll have significant expense. The real cost in uh, pass-through is having a chip that can efficiently process those 8 million pixels per frame efficiently. And they say that the XR2 Gen 2 um, handles that. So I agree. I think that it'll uh, end up having pass-through, color pass-through anyway. There's always lag though. That's the thing. It's not instantaneous. There's always processing lag. Um, so you'll bump into things until you get your timing right. <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, the next article. Oh, did I not throw? Let me make sure that I throw um, this one into the chat. So it's part of the VOD, at least while we're somewhat talking about it. Um, and now the next one is first filed in 2017. <clears throat> A Vision Pro Eyesight patent envisioned anime eyes and furry avatars. Um, the website for me acts a little weird. I'm not sure what it is. Um, it, it could be my firewall. I don't know. But anyway, Apple has recently granted a patent for eyesight, the external display on the vision pro, which shows the wearer's eyes. The patent was filed way back in 2017 and envisioned the feature being used to show stylized eyes like those of anime and furry characters. There's your selling point. Ben Lang over at roadtovr.com put this article together. And so you can design whatever eyes are going to be on your um, Apple Vision Pro's front facing screen. Its intent is really to just do this swirl. Well, initially they say, well, it's going to have this little design on it. And if you want to, you can use the face what are you, the eye facing cameras to uh, flip it around so that you see the person's eyes. You don't actually see the person's eyes. You see the digital representation of it. And they, inside their VR headset, inside the Vision Pro, they blink. And then the eyes on the outside actually blink. Um, to me, it's kind of uncanny valley and stupid, but <laughs> maybe people will appreciate it if it has anime eyes that you can barely see or fairy avatars that people will look you kind of side eye like what are you up to over there and nobody should be wearing these things out in public uh, because they're a $3,500 spatial computing device that can easily be pulled off of your head and good luck uh, trying to you know, safely reacquire these things I just don't uh, I've said it before, anybody that's using these out in public, yeah, they're looking for attention. They're not looking to push the limits of Vision Pro uh, mixed reality. And they're not referred to as VR or even AR. I think they're uh, just referred to as Apple Vision Pro spatial computers or something similar to that. They definitely don't call them VR headset. Um, so let's keep going. Uh, the Next article is over in Reality Hacker again. That's where most of these links come from because that's the show. Um, what is SPIE uh, ARVRMR 2024? Apart from other merging emerging technology, there's uh, 
shows its focused display in waveguide solutions, the hardware and software that powers immersive visualization of mixed reality, AR glasses, and more. Um, there's quite a bit uh, that would have taken place. I wasn't there. Um, but the event sees XR firms such as um, Meta, Google, and Magic Leap actively participating in many of the events, uh, esteemed keynotes in the uh, exhibition spaces. Um, the article is from January 31st. It's that, that window, that week of time where I was gone. Um, and uh, so it says here, um, moreover, Throughout the three-day event, other XR speakers from firms such as DigiLens, Sony, General Motors, Micro OLED, um, Microsoft, Endeavor XR will present expert insight into the XR and display market. Uh, I think that it's really interesting. I hope that the information that was presented is now publicly available. Um, and, but this article comes out of xrtoday.com, and I don't see a an actual a uh, rory greener there you go rory greener is the actual author of the article over at xrtoday.com okay let me keep on going uh the time machine is kind of warming up uh the next article is over in reality hacker as well again it's a channel over at hometown.com you just mouse over the very first icon creative and maker and then down to Reality Hacker, and it will connect you to all of the discussions that are taking place. Uh, this article is titled The Best Custom GPTs to Make Chat GPT Even More Powerful. If you hadn't heard about this, you can actually use custom GPTs um, to power Chat GPT with more focus. Um, so it can kind of mitigate the hallucination, but not really, it still does. Um, the article is over at Digital Trends. John Martindale is the author of this article. Um, and they say it's an introduction to custom G uh, chat GPTs. Sorry, custom GPTs uh, was one of the most exciting additions to chat GPT in recent months. There's now a whole bunch of them and you can just select. It's pretty interesting. Um, these allow you to craft custom chatbots with their own instructions. And this is really diminishing in what it has the potential to do. Uh, I don't like really referring to AI as just a custom chat bot. Um, anyway, it gives them their own instructions and data feeding them uh, documents, web links, and more to make sure that they know what you are talking about and how you want them to respond. I've actually done this, you know, told them that they're a subject matter expert in this, that, or the other, and they are supposed to retool themselves and focus on what you are saying. Um, and then respond as that type of person. So you're a subject matter expert in oceanography. And so your expectation is that it would be PhD level, subject matter expert level um, results, but still uncited, unreferenced, uh, hallucina uh, hallucinations from time to time with the data, um, forcing me to actually have to go do all of the due diligence anyway. So man, I don't know if it's really a win. Um, so they say before you dive into selecting the right custom GPT for your needs, you need to make sure that you can use them. You'll need uh, an active chat GPT plus subscription, which costs about $20 a month. Um, I don't think I'm paying $20 a month, but, um, it is what it is. 
So there you go. You can now spin up some custom GPTs. There's a link that actually pulls you into a how to build your own GPT chat GPT um, at Digital Trends. It's a link uh, that gives you some more data. So you'll be able to follow the link through hometown over there. Uh, the next article is in Reality Hacker as well. The author says that they're a VR enthusiast. Here's why the Vision Pro doesn't excite them. Um, I have my own bias about it. Um, I think it's clunky. I think it has proprietary power needs that um, you can daisy chain a backup battery pack to, but then you're basically a, a mess of cables all over the place. And the proprietary connector on the initial battery pack for the Apple Vision Pro is probably the most annoying part of all of this. <coughs> Certainly could have been USB-C. So it says the Vision Pro is great for VR and Apple entertain, uh, entering the market is so much needed validation. But here's why the spatial computer doesn't excite the author. Not me. It's the author over at Digital Trends, uh, Alan Truly. Uh, they've been talking about it, it says. Eagerly read about Apple AR glasses and VR headset leaks, patent documents and rumors. Um, but now that the Vision Pro is nearly here they've lost much of the excitement so um so they say here um i'll purposely avoid the easy targets we all know that 3500 vision pro is shockingly expensive it actually gets just shy of four thousand dollars if you bump it up to the highest storage but that may not be an issue for some people that's right um there's a rumor that two hundred thousand. um Vision Pros have been pre-ordered, but there has to be somebody out there that spent 10,000, uh, ordered 10,000 of them because they think that they're the, going to be the demigod of Vision Pro sales on aftermarket. Um, anyway, but that may not be an issue for some. They've heard stories about dis discomfort becoming an issue, even a half hour demo of the Vision Pro. It's a problem for some people. They've changed the head strap because that might be what they're talking about. Um, in fact, if I mouse over it, uh, they just have a generic statement that uh, Vision Pro hands-on impressions. Um, but from what I understand, the headset, the head strap has been changed to fix some of the comfort issues. Um, you still have to spend something like $150 more if you have a prescription because your glasses won't fit inside the VR headset. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I think that there is more. The, the author here says that the disappointments, the disappointments with the Vision Pro are a bit more nuanced. They had a grand hopes that the Vision Pro would be, and as of now, it's just not it. Um, they talk about spatial computer. Um, basically a spatial computer is that is one that allows you to put elements like a computer screen and interface, uh, with it in place. You can also pin stuff to it. Um, there, I should say pin stuff to the, the space in front of you. Um, and it's supposed to remain there. Um, but you're supposed to be able to interact with it in space and time. And that's basically a spatial computer. Um, that means it's a computer in the same way that an iPad is a computer. This non-traditional solution will fail at tasks your Mac and Windows handles with ease to a point, possibly, uh, but it depends on what you're using your Mac and Windows PC for. Surfing the web and ordering stuff, listening to music, 
watching movies, et cetera, et cetera, it won't fail at that. It'll fail at power computing, but only until there are apps and interfaces that allow you to facilitate that because it is a real computer. It's powered by an M2 processor, uh, which is a desktop grade um, CPU. As far as I know, it was it's an M dot, not an M dot two, it's an M2, uh, which is the second generation of the um, Apple generated technology. So, and then they're going to still need a Mac to satisfy all of their computing needs. Yes and no. I mean, if they can work out how to um, allow me to type more efficiently than in-air typing, then you know, a lot of this goes away. I just can't get over $3,500 for something I'm going to have to slap on my head and it remove me from reality. Um, it's a spatial computer, but it's really VR with some augmented mixed reality components. Is it worth $3,500? I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't see people doing this. You know, people are playing VR games, but it's a $600 device, $800 device, $1,000 device on the higher side. This is a VR headset that has a massive ecosystem, but it's still $3,500 and it just is an abundance of excess. Like nobody needs that forward facing LCD screen and that big chunk of glass. Um, unless there's something bigger and more ambitious that is on the cusp of being taken advantage of. You don't need all of that extra weight. That's a big chunk of weight too. And it's not as heavy as the MetaQuest 3. That's the weird thing. Why make it more heavy? It What we need is something like the X-Real uh, Ultra Tubes. So the issue, this other issue with the, this author says that the issue with the Vision Pro is the lack of focus on the most impressive feature of virtual reality. Where are the immersive games? They were expecting more than a handful of titles the Vision Pro is launching with. One of them is Fruit, uh, Super Fruit Ninja. No offense to Super Fruit Ninja, but it's not exactly a barn burner. But yeah, I mean, you, you don't have any interface. It's just your hands. So hopefully you are, you know, you're not lacking hands. Um, the, the whole this thing is starting to pull people away from being able to embrace it because it doesn't have the ability to use some other device um, as an input device. It doesn't have a keyboard that you can use. Maybe you can attaching it via Bluetooth or something. Um, it is a computer after all, but there's all of this little minutia that you don't worry about when you don't have to worry about it. Uh, but then when you start thinking about it, you go, oh yeah, okay, this is falling short. This is falling short. So is it a VR headset? Yeah, sure. But $3,500. Yeah. No, I haven't looked at a $3,500 price for a VR headset in 30 years. Um, and that's because it was actually much bigger, bulkier technology. So the bright future says here, compared to 2020 rumors of Apple Glass, the Vision Pro is a bulky and unattractive as most other VR headsets. I agree. They're not the one, only one who's anticipated slim, lightweight, mixed weight, uh, sorry, mixed reality headsets. They say, don't get me wrong. They love VR. They, uh, they're excited that Apple has finally entered the market. It's off, off to a rough start. But if the 200,000 sales that is rumored is true, it may actually 
be a needle mover. But I guess we'll find out in the future. Let's keep talking about the next article. This next article is uh, explore the Starship Enterprise with Apple Vision Pro. So because it's basically a new announcement and there's a lot of hype going on, you're hearing a lot about Apple Vision Pro. It won't always be like this here in Reality Hacker, um, but it is what it is. As briefly mentioned by Apple in its roundup of native Apple Vision Pro apps, the Roddenberry Archive is bringing a Star Trek experience to the device. In conjunction with um, OTOY Paramount Game Studios, uh, Gene Roddenberry Estate's new project spans every Star Trek show from the last 60 years. Uh, it's a deadline article, but... Um, the art this article was actually written by William Gallagher over at appleinsider.com. So it says, according to deadline, users can sit at Quark's bar from Star Trek Deep Space Nine or peruse the shelf in Captain Kirk's quarters from the original show. It'll be able, uh, basically, you'll be able to go through all of the... <laughs> the history, the canon of Star Trek, which I think is spectacular. Um, and it would be alluring to somebody who's a diehard Star Trek fan. So um, I, I certainly think that this would be neat. Uh, will it be able to be this app, this interface, this interaction, this environment be open to other VR headsets? Apparently not. It says the Vision Pro Experience reportedly uses one meter by one meter light field cubes that are displayed at 90 frames per second in 4K resolution per eye. It includes a number of what Deadline calls downloadable holographic objects, and that will mean Star Trek objects that the users can react to in the same way that Apple has shown a headset where interacting with a butterfly in its Apple Vision Pro guided tour pretty neat uh and i am into star trek so i feel the pull of the apple vision pro and then i feel the weight of that 3500 bill for nothing more than a set of goggles that i don't know i think that the same feature can be provided by another interface so another piece of technology like xreal or uh, my pico fours are amazing um, and do the deed, but I would love to have wireless big screen beyond um, VR headsets. That would be spectacular. Let's go on to the last article for today. Um, then I can get out of the time machine because as you can tell, it's having an impact on my voice. Niantic is bringing an AR skateboarding game to Apple Vision Pro. See how everything is really Apple Vision Pro right now because that's the hype. Pokemon Go creator Niantic is bring or Niantic um, is bringing an AR skateboarding game to the Apple Vision Pro mixed reality headset. <coughs> I think they just prefer it being called a headset. If that, just refer to it as like iPad or iPhone. Refer to it as the Vision Pro. The company teamed up with Reality Crisis, another player in the AR gaming space, to create Rodney Mullen's Skatrix for the uninitiated. Uh, uninitiated. Uh, Mullen is a professional skateboarder who is credited with creating a number of iconic tricks, including the ollie and the kickflip. This is the first augmented reality skateboard game ever. 
unless you count using an actual skateboard to speed around town catching pocket monsters in Pokemon Go. I almost said Pal World. <laughs> Just to add fuel to the fire. So yeah, you're gonna have to navigate around in the real world. Lawrence Bonk um, is the author over at Engadget.com. Uh, the deck statement says it's also coming to mobile devices. So let's see. Um, I'm trying to find where I ended this um, discussion. The gameplay demo shows an avatar skating in real world locations like parking lots and inside of washing machines. However, there's one really expensive elephant in the room. The Apple Vision Pro costs $3,500 and isn't exactly suited to removing from the living room, let alone the home. You'll look pretty stupid wearing Apple's bulky ski goggles while out and about, not to mention it'd be uh, mighty easy to snag it from your head and race away, perhaps on a real life skateboard. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, people are talking about the reality of this device. Lawrence Bonk is basically saying on Engadget.com what I've been saying since this thing was hinted at. Um, it's going to be a problem. Um, somebody's gonna wear it somewhere and, and get punched in the face and then it's gonna be Apple glass holes um, instead of Google uh, and then uh, Apple stock is going to take a hit Rodney Mullins skate tricks will be released sometime this year as for the Apple Vision Pro the device looks to be getting all kinds of apps the headset will have access to Microsoft's entire productivity suite of course along with a zoom app which I think is interesting uh, all told Apple says that there's going to be 600 apps available for tomorrow's release and this is from February 1st. So there you have it. Um, people are going through the whole process of getting their Apple headsets right now and uh, downloading those apps that they think are going to be really neat. And then they're going to set their Apple $3,500 device down and go, huh, I have an Apple $3,500 device um, and stop referring to it as the Vision Pro. They're just going to say the Apple $3,500 device. <clears throat> and that's it for today's reality hacker so we get back into the party bus and we are back <laughs> um, at the discussions and so we um, keep on aggregating uh, headlines and then we talk about them here in uh, hometown so this is the reality hacker show and it's Saturday Typically around seven o'clock after the hometown daily show. Um, but we'll, we'll end up talking about this, um, later today, as a matter of fact, because this is a time machine episode and, um, that's where we're at. Ta-da. Okay. Thank you very much. See, you in a few hours after I get out of the time machine, uh, it looks like we're about two hours away from doing, um, hometown daily news and then right after that is reality hacker but on time thanks a lot see you later